Hello, everyone. It's a beautiful day. Amen. Amen. I am uh, really excited to preach the word to you guys today. Um, it's been something that God's really been stirring up in my spirit all week. And, you know, today as we sat in worship and as we praised to God, I just felt confirmation. I was like, yes, this is the word. And so I'm really excited to preach to you guys today. Um, our passage comes from Joshua 6. One through five. Okay, we'll be reading from the ESV. So I'll read the first verse. We'll alternate. Okay. Is everyone ready? Good. Okay. So this is the fall of Jericho. Now Jericho was shut up inside and outside because of the people of Israel. None went out and none came in. The Lord said to Joshua, See, I have given Jericho into your hand with its king and mighty men of valor. You shall march around the city, all the men of war going around the city once. Thus shall you do for six days. And when they make a long blast with the ram's horn, when you hear the sound of the trumpet, then all the people shall shout with a great shout, and the wall of the city will fall down flat, and the people shall go up, everyone straight before him. Amen. (laughs) So uh, in this chapter, this is where, uh, this is the fall of Jericho, and at this point, the Israelites have a new leader. His name is Joshua. And several chapters beforehand, Joshua had taken the Israelites across the Jordan River miraculously to the point where they are right now. And so here in uh, one chapter before, chapter 5, God commands Joshua to capture this city and to take hold of the city of Jericho. And in verses 1 through 5, here are the instruction that God gives to the Israelites here. And so as we read this together, we read that it's such a strange way to take a city, right? Like if you were an Israelite army member and you had to hear that all you had to do was walk around the city and to do this for six days straight, I would think that was pretty strange. And so God's instructions here is very unconventional to the Israelites, Okay, let's look at uh, verse 5. I'm going to read it one more time. It says, And when they make a long blast with the ram's horn, when you hear the sound of the trumpet, then all the people shall shout with a great shout, and the wall of the city will fall down flat. Okay, here on the seventh day, God is commanding them to give a mighty shout. And so here, I'm here to tell you today that this is what we need to learn. The people of God, we need to learn how to give a mighty shout unto the Lord. Amen? Amen. Now, I want to preface this by saying that there are many times that we need to be still. And still before the Lord. And we have to learn how to listen to his faint whispers. 
And you know, especially coming into Korea and kind of living in this like busy, busy, like crazy land, that's something that we really need to be disciplined of uh, and to kind of find that rest in the Lord. And it's really funny because when I first came to Korea, I was always known as someone very patient and someone who kind of, you know, was chill and go with the flow. But I've noticed that since being here, uh, this is truly evident when I'm in the elevator. And so you know how when people come in, like I'm constantly pressing that close button. Like they come in close, come in close. And then when people lag, I feel my heart being like, we have to go, we have to go. And so I noticed that this is the kind of the culture we have in Korea, right? This kind of going quickly culture. And so to really counter that culture, we do have to find that rest and that ability to be still. But although we're here and I'm talking about this, I do want to say that there is also a time that we need to learn how to shout unto the Lord. And so there's times where sometimes we can just pray and quote scripture. Um, but there's something that shifts in the spirit realm when God's people give a mighty shout unto him. And there are certain things that in the unseen realm, something just gets, boom, released. You know, I'm talking about shouting unto the Lord. And some people might say, you know what? I'm not that expressive. And I'm, I'm quite phlegmatic or <laughs> I don't have many words to say. But shouting unto the Lord is not a personality thing. You know, some people, uh, you know, we listen into our services. Some people say, amen, brother, or amen, or preach it. Okay, this I also want to say is not something that's in your face. So shouting and giving a mighty shout, it's not a in-your-face thing. It's not a personality thing, but it's a faith thing. The Bible says that the righteous shall live by faith. And if shouting unto the Lord is a faith thing, then this is something that God's people, we need to learn how to do. And we need to get used to it. Amen? We need to live by faith and learn to give a mighty shout unto the Lord. Now, others, uh, some of you guys, you guys are living right, you know, doing good things, obeying and serving the Lord. But you kind of feel like your life is on hold. You know, Brother Noble, he shared at Friday Fire at his testimony that when you, you know, when you're birthing for nine months, you have a baby in here, right? And that's kind of the slow time. And then for like 90 minutes or whatever, you give that birth. And so many people, well, not guys, not Noble, but, you know, spiritually saying, right? You uh, give the birth. But, you know, in that nine months, some of us feel like it's kind of like this holding time. Like, man, God, what's going on? Where's my breakthrough? And you feel like you're quite overdue for the breakthrough. And just like the Israelites, you're on the horizon of the promised land. But there's something that's holding you back. And in this case, sometimes what you might not need is more obedience or prayer. What you might need not need is more prophecy. But what you need to do is to give a mighty shout unto the Lord. Amen. Oh, I felt so excited. Whenever I read that in, uh, in this passage. Okay, so, you know, as Christians, we have to learn how to boldly proclaim that our inheritance is on the way. Right. We need to learn to let our enemies know that, you know what? We're entering into our glorious freedom. We need to loudly declare that God is good. 
that we will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. We need to declare that increase is coming. And that sometimes it's about the shout that pushes us there. Okay, we need to learn to come into the agreement with the word of God. And shout unto God with the voice of triumph. Shout unto God with the voice of triumph. Shout out to God. Okay, nobody knows this song. Okay. This is one of my favorite songs that I listen to. Anybody else know this song? Okay, okay, okay. Next time, next time. Well, I'll try it a little bit later, okay? And so, it's, uh, this is kind of what we need to understand and to declare that Satan, that no weapon formed against me shall prosper. You know, a lot of times, you know, we have to counsel people, or we kind of disciple people, and people get into this, you know, even sometimes me, okay, we get into this very self-pity mode. We're like, God, I'm getting so attacked by the enemy. <laughs> I'm living in so much anxiety and fear. And we have this kind of victim mentality. But what I want to say to you today is you need to encourage yourself in the Lord because we are an army of mighty warriors. You're not just here to help yourself get free, but you guys are here to help get others free. Amen. And so brothers and sisters, don't wait till after the victory to shout. It really doesn't take much faith to do that. You know, any, as Pastor Christian says, knucklehead can shout after the victory, but it takes faith to shout before the victory. So, uh, For about four years, I was on staff uh, at New Philadelphia Church, and I learned so much (laughs) uh, by being near Pastor Christian. But what I learned most from him is when he wasn't really teaching or he wasn't really sharing, it's when I kind of overheard his quiet times. And so we would be in the office, a couple, you know, nearby, and then Pastor Christian would close the door, and he would have his quiet time, um... You know, at least a couple times a week where we would be able to hear. And so, you know, I'm kind of doing my work. And then I would hear the, oh, like the singing onto the Lord. And sometimes it was off tune and sometimes it was okay. But I was like, you know what? He's singing to God, not to me. So amen, amen, Pastor Christian, keep going. But he would have these times where he would just be singing. And then all of a sudden he'd be like, hallelujah, Lord. Glory to God. And like all throughout, I'm like, whoa. And Something, as he kind of shouted these things out, as I'm quietly doing my admin work, something would like stir in my spirit. And something would just be like, oh yeah, I like that. (laughs) I like it. I like it. And so from Pastor Christian's quiet times, I really started to learn the value of giving mighty praises unto the Lord. And so, you know, our, one of our first core values is be extravagant in worship. And, you know, Pastor Caleb preached through these different messages, but it was really funny because when Pastor Christian preached through these in 2010, we were still kind of cultivating that culture. I mean, it was there and we were recognizing it, but many newcomers were kind of coming in and they kind of thought that we were really strange. And so for, you know, the first time when people would come, Sometimes people will kind of warn them, hey, you know, we kind of get a little bit intense in here. So just prepare yourself. And so, you know, Pastor Christian will preach, like, about why being extravagant in worship is so important. And this is also part of why 
giving a shout unto the Lord is needed. Okay, I'll, I want to give you three reasons, okay? Three reasons why um, being extravagant in worship and shouting unto the Lord is important and why we do that here at New Philly. Okay, first is Jesus is risen. And he is our soon and coming king. If you read Revelations 4, the encounters of the throne room, all they're doing is they're worshiping, they're bowing down, they're declaring, they're shouting of God's holiness and of his awesomeness and of his grandness. And just like this, God wants us to shout as well. Okay, I think second reason is because a lot of us have experienced the fire of God. And you know, when that fire comes upon you, like a natural fire, you can't do, ah, like whatever. You scream, you shout, you dance. It's just that spirit comes upon you with power. And it's awesome. <laughs> if you haven't experienced yet, you will soon. Okay? And the third reason is a lot of people understand that when we shout unto the Lord, that just something gets loosed in the spirit realm. And we know here that you don't go with the flow, but you set the flow. And so, you know, uh, in 2009, in 2009, I went, I, I went to a missions trip to Australia uh, where Pastor Christian was able to uh, preach the word of God at, to New Life Church in Sydney. And on, it was, I think it was the last night, he kind of gathered all the leaders that were there and he harsh rebuked us. <laughs> And he was like, you guys are going with the flow of the congregation. And it was about 10 of us. And he was like, you guys need to set the flow. So get it together and worship, shout, do what you need to do. And we're like, yes. And so after the 10 of us got that awesome rebuke, it was just 10 of us. We spread out into the crowd and then we just started and really shouting and something just shift in the atmosphere just the spirit of God came in power. And then the rest of the congregation, it was like 200 plus people, started to follow along the 10. And so just like that, we're called to set the atmosphere. We're called to bless the Lord in that way. You know, we know that by our praises that we govern the activity of angels. And we do this by releasing great shouts in faith. You know, the atmosphere starts to change. It goes from depression to life. It goes from being hopelessness to gladness, from death to life, from fear to faith, from supernatural to oh, natural to supernatural. And great breakthroughs are released. Favor falls and signs and wonders and miracles show up. This is all when we take the act of faith to really be extravagant and also to give mighty shouts unto the Lord. Now, it's not just a new Philly thing where we like to do this. It's also quite biblical. Okay, if you guys can turn to Psalm 71. Seventy-one, verse twenty-three. It says, My lips will shout for joy. When I praise, sing praises to you, my soul also, which you have redeemed. Now, when's the last time that you made a joyful noise unto the Lord? 
You know, it's funny, as I was preparing this, I imagined Pastor Lydia. Because Pastor Lydia, she wrote on her Facebook wall that she had seen a famous Korean actor named Soji Sup. And she was so happy. And I, I had this image of Pastor Lydia shouting for joy when this happened. You know, when's the last time you shouted for joy? You know, my husband, like a week ago, all of a sudden I hear like, ah! And I was like, oh my gosh, what happened? He said, I just bit Diddy in fantasy football. Diddy's his best friend in Seoul. So he gave a shout for joy. But when's the last time you gave a shout for joy in the Lord? Okay, Psalm 84.1 says, My soul longs, yes, faints, for the courts of the Lord. My heart and flesh sing for joy. Psalm 95.1 says, Oh, come, let us sing to the Lord. Let us make a joyful noise to the rock of our salvation. This is what's normal, is the Bible. Okay? This is what God has made us to be. The word of God is setting the tone. And the word of God is showing us here that this is what worship looks like. Worship is supposed to be loud. It's supposed to be joyful. It's supposed to be, boom, shouts of praise. Now, some of you might still be sitting here saying, you know what? I can't do that. I can't shout in public. It's embarrassing. And then you might think, you know, sometimes in my quiet times, I shout aloud in my quiet times. It's a little bit awkward. Okay? But... Uh, Joel Osteen says it best that if you're willing to go somewhere that you've never gone, you've got to be willing to do something that's never been done. So if you want to enter into your promised land, shout unto the Lord. Psalm 47.1. All right, are you guys ready? Psalm 47.1 says, Shout out to God with the voice of triumph. Shout out to God with the voice of praise. <laughs> I've always wanted to do that. That was wonderful. Okay. <laughs> so Psalm 47.1 says that. Shout unto God with the voice of triumph. Now you may be wondering, why, why do we have to shout? Does God have bad hearing? And no, this is not the case. God can even hear us when you make a whisper. And he even hears us when you say things in your mind, because he's God. But again, this is not a personality thing. It's a faith thing. And it's also not a practical thing either. But when we shout, we are not just letting our words be heard. We are letting our faith be heard. So we've got to learn how to shout. So the question I want to ask you today is, what is your faith saying? Are you saying, no matter the circumstance, I declare that God's favor is surrounding me like a shield? That no matter the doctor's reports, I stand on my healing. No matter how long I've waited, I decree and declare that blessing and breakthrough are on its way. You know, when we shout, we're announcing this to the spirit realm that something good is about to take place. You know, uh, back in... When was uh, the Twin Towers? 2001. Okay. Back in, you know, back in 2001, back when I was in college, I used to go to a lot of concerts. 
because I just like the energy and I like the live music. And right after 9-11 happened, there was this awesome concert called United We Stand. Anyone hear about this? Okay, so it was in D.C., and everyone and their mama was there. Okay, NSYNC, Mariah Carey, Michael Jackson, Pink, Usher. I mean, seriously, everyone that you could name and think of was there. And so we got there. The concert started at 2 p.m., and it ended, like, sometime at midnight. It was a 10-hour-long concert. And we were kind of waiting for it to start. It's at 2 p.m. We were waiting for the concert to start, and all of a sudden, like, I look around, and I see people like, ah, 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 and I'm like, oh, what's going on, what's going on? I'm, like, turning around, and then I look, and then this excitement in my heart started, it was the Backstreet Boys! (laughs) I had no idea the Backstreet Boys were going to be there, and... uh, when all these people around me started shouting, and then I saw them, I there was this, like, deep excitement. Because I, like, grew up on the Backstreet Boys, you know, like, middle school, high school. And then college, I finally got to see them live without, <laughs> without even knowing. And so, you know, when that cheering and shouting was coming, I knew something good was coming, and that was the Backstreet Boys. And so, just like this... You know, someone might be telling you that, you know, or someone might say, you know what, I'll be glad to shout up something when something good happens in my life. But, you know, if you go to like a sports game, especially like a good football game with a good home team, you'll notice that they are constantly shouting and cheering for their team. Like a football, like the the quarterback throws a fumble and then they're all running around and it gets turned over. But the team, the home team is relentless in cheering for the team. I miss watching football, like at the stadium, you know? And so this is something that we can learn from them. You know, you fumble the ball, you get tackled, and you see different things happening in your life. But just like that home team, we need to learn that shouting and cheering, what's happening is we're declaring enemy. Victory is mine. And when we shout, we declare to heaven, and we declare that victory is coming, it's about to take place. You know, the vision of our church is to raise up a mighty army. And as mighty warriors, we need to learn how to give a mighty shout. You know, I like watching a lot of movies. And you know those kind of like movies like Gladiator or Braveheart or like Lord of the Rings where they have these like intense battle scenes that are coming up? And there's always that, like, it's like the same scene in every movie, you know, talking about where all the people are lined up and they're ready. And then you have that one guy, the leader, on the horse, and he gallops. And he gives, like, the same speech in every movie, right? Like, something, something, we will be victorious, and blah, 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 blah. And he kind of encourages, he really exhorts the army to kind of get in that uh, victory mode. And then right before they go, what do they do? Everyone's like, ah! And then they all run, and then they go towards the enemy. This is something that we have to learn to do. As mighty warriors, we learn to shout and declare that victory is coming. And this is also biblical again. Um, This is exactly what Gideon's 300 mighty men did. 
And, you know, it was 300 of Gideon and his men. And it was many, 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 I think thousands of Midianite troops. And do you know how they attacked them? Rhetorical question. They ran into the enemy's camp shouting. And they shouted so loud that it loosed confusion. And the Midianites started to turn into each other. And they just watched. They didn't fight. They watched as the Lord did the work. You know, you may be facing enemies of sickness. You may be facing enemies of despair, some kind of addiction. And instead of getting down and discouraged and grumbling, get into the presence of the Lord and shout, Lord, you are my healer. I don't care what the doctors say. God, I will get married. I don't care what it looks around me. God, you are the God of my family. And you will indeed bring breakthrough. God, you are the, you prosper your children in the famine. You are my provider. You know, uh, this past Friday fire, we prayed for the 2014 World Cup. That's when it's happening, right? Yeah, 2014 World Cup. And, you know, one of the prayers that we're praying is that, by 2014, that instead of seeing a South Korea team and a North Korea team, that we'll see a united Korea team in the World Cup. And I don't know how many of you guys have been in Korea during World Cup time. Who's been? Anybody? Like when the World Cup was going on? Okay, it is crazy. It is like ridiculous. It is like the Pope or someone really famous came. It's like all kinds of crazy. But I never really got to experience that in Korea. The time that I remember was when I was in America. And this was when it was the 2002 World Cup. You know what Korea won and got really high up? And so, you know, back then I wasn't really following the Lord. But anyway, I was there uh, with my friends. And I have one friend, his name is Kyung, who's super quiet, kind of like our brother Roy, right? So it was <laughs> Kyung, my friend Kyung, and several other people. And we went to uh, Lotte Supermarket. So, like, in my hometown in Ellicott City, there's a lot of Korean people. And so it was, like, 2 in the morning, and they rented out, I mean, they took place of the entire parking lot. And so then they put up, like, three screens watching the World Cup all outside. It was all outdoors. And so it was, like, 2 in the morning, and all these ajumas, old people, children, we were all gathered together to watch Korea win. And... Regardless of the time, the fact that it was like 2 or 3 in the morning, or regardless if people were sober or drunk, either way, so many of the people were shouting and really like cheering for Korea team. And what was really strange, what I remember about that place is my friend Kyung, because he was next to me, and he's always, you know those like typical like Daegu men, like who were kind of like one-word answers, like, hey, how are you? Good. Like... What's been going on? Nothing. Like that? He, I've never seen him so excited. <laughs> he was like jumping around and yelling and screaming and shouting. And I was like, oh my goodness, this boy's crazy. But, you know, just like Kyung and just like all the people that gathered that day, you know, all of us, we have something, you know, everyone is kind of crazy about something, right? And so even my friend Kyung, who's super reserved, he got crazy about the World Cup and he got crazy about, he got crazy about Korea winning. You know, 
I think as Christians, we should be crazy about Jesus. Amen. Amen. Right. And it's just by that where we just start to get stirred up and start to really uh, give praise and shouts unto the Lord. <clears throat> Hello. Okay, in Matthew uh, chapter 21, this is the passage where Jeru- uh, Jesus is walking into Jerusalem. And as he's walking, people started to yell, Hosanna! Hosanna! And leading out, you know, the, the leaves for Jesus to step on. And when this happened, the Pharisees, they got angry. They got really angry. And they commanded Jesus. And they told him, Re- rebuke your disciples. <coughs> And Jesus says something really interesting here. He says, if they are quiet, then the rocks will cry out in their place. Um, back in uh, 2010, uh, before, I think, this was after we first had our Niagara conference. And I was making a trip back to the States. And I visited, uh, you know, Pastor Benjamin and Pastor Sonny. I visited Pastor Benjamin's parents. Uh, Pastor Diane and Pastor Peter. And it was interesting because we were in the car ride together and we kind of had a detour. And we stopped by um, their church. And so I kind of go into this church and I'm kind of witnessing this like miraculous story. And so basically what had been happening was Pastor Diane had come there or no, someone called Pastor Diane to kind of give her a word. And when we got there, it was like... (laughs) It was like all these older black ladies. So it was like maybe like a group of 10 of them. And as they were sharing, like I was so shocked because they were like, yes, hallelujah. And then they were like, like stomping around. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is so interesting. Because I had never kind of been in that, that situation. And as they were kind of shouting and, and they started worshiping, it was like really, it was all spontaneous, not planned. That when I was there, I was just like, oh yeah, yes, yes. And I, I, but it like didn't sound as cool. It was kind of like high pitched and whatever, but I just got so excited that as it kind of really started to like give these shouts, something that totally was unplanned, that it really started to show me, wow, this is the power of shouting unto the Lord and praising the Lord. Now, the only person um, that wants you to shut your mouth is Satan. And if he can have it his way, you could uh, hear a pin drop in the presence of God. You know, again, I want to say that I don't want to disregard the times that we need to be still. You know, there are those times where God's presence comes and this kind of comes over. And we definitely have to have those times. But if Satan did have his way, he would really have you shut your mouth. You know, he knows how much faith is released when people shout unto God. And it really does not take that much faith for you to keep your mouth shut. You know, back to today's passage, uh, Joshua 6. In the passage, here the Israelites were just about to go into the promised land. And Jericho was standing, it kind of, it was standing in the way to the promised land. And as God had commanded them to take it, I'm sure the Israelites, they could have possibly wanted to go around it. They could have wanted to avoid it. 
But oftentimes, I feel like people do this in life. You know, in life, in your destiny, there's always going to be Jerichos. Between you and your promised land, you will need to confront these Jerichos. And what you have to understand is you have to get through it. If you will connect to what the Lord is saying, he's going to show you what to do. But you cannot run away or go around it because then these Jerichos will come and overtake you. So the choice is yours. You've got to defeat the Jerichos in your life or have it the other way around. Now, if you have like a secret sin or bondage, then I just want to declare today that that Jericho needs to fall. That stronghold needs to go. You know, whether you get prayer or discipleship or accountability, whatever it takes, you need those Jericho walls to come down. And you notice the Israelites obeyed the Lord and walked around the city once each day six times. This just proved their faithfulness by their obedience. But that obedience wasn't enough. It was that seventh time when they walked around and gave that mighty shout that it was kind of that knockout punch for them to, boom, the enemies be defeated. Now, you you know, you can't go around and shout all the time, like everywhere in every circumstance, right? (laughs) Like this, okay? You know, you have to follow the voice of the Lord, you know, go through your times where you're obeying, be faithful. But there comes a point You know, it says in the book of Revelations where there's these bowls and people, uh, through their prayers, they fill these bowls, they fill these bowls with their intercession. And there comes a point of saturation where now it's the tipping point to come over. And when that shouting and when that saturation point comes, you can really declare, man, this is my time. It's my seventh day and you need to shout unto the Lord and you need to declare your victory. You know, when we shout, there's things that happen. Bondage gets broken. Curses are nullified. Limitations are lifted. And as a body, as a body of believers, as we come together, there's something so powerful that happens when we shout unto the Lord together. Now, I'm not saying, again, that this is some kind of like, woo-woo-woo, like voodoo, like magic, magic, like this kind of thing, where you're like, oh, I have a problem. I'm going to woo-woo-woo-woo-woo, like 10 times, and (laughs) your problem is over. This is not the point of the message. But, you know, in this year of increase, and as we're waiting for it to manifest in the natural, we have to learn to magnify God rather than our problems. You know, when we've been sowing into a prayer topic, as we've been sowing into North Korea, and we've been sowing into so many things, there's going to be a time where you know this is our seventh day. And I want to encourage you to shout unto the Lord and loose your breakthrough. Now, in closing, I'm going to talk to you about four kinds of shouts. <laughs> Two that I want you guys to remember. Okay, the first is in Luke 18.39. This is the shout of desperation. Uh, in Luke 18, uh, 38 to 42, uh, here we have a blind man who he cries out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And it says, and those who were in front rebuked him, telling him to be silent. But he cried out all the more, son of David, have mercy on me. 
And Jesus stopped and commanded him to be brought to him. And when he came near, he asked him, what do you want me to do for you? He said, Lord, let me recover my sight. And Jesus said to him, recover your sight. Your faith has made you well. Now, some of us, we can get in like a really tough place. And we're not sure what the answers are. But in that time, we need to be like this blind beggar. And what we need to do is shout to God in a place of desperation. Tell him you want to get loose from this place, a place of hopelessness. And instead, you want to shout and tell God, God, we need you. Ah! You know, I had one of these shouts of desperation this morning. <laughs> when Pastor Caleb, because I was trying to, you know, I, I was trying to practice my message. And so we were getting ready today for <laughs> the service today to come. And then I just tried and I practiced and I was like, ah! And Caleb's like, what are you doing? You sound like a crazy person. So I tried again. Ah! It was my sound of desperation. God, come, fill me and prepare me. And when I came to, you know, I separated from Caleb like 10, 20 minutes later and I had my prayer time and then it turned into a shout of victory. But that shout of desperation was indeed there. You can ask Pastor Caleb about it. He was a little bit freaked out. Okay, so when you get into these times, it's good to have a shout of desperation. Okay, second is a shout of joy. In Psalm 20, verse 5, it says, May we shout for joy over your salvation, and in the name of our God, set up our banners. May the Lord fulfill all your petitions. There are times where a shout of joy is so necessary. You know, um, I know Pastor Caleb, he, um, he, like, he like videotapes me sometimes when I'm not looking. I think he's like obsessed with me or something. And he videotaped me one day while I was like really excited. And then a little bit embarrassing, but Sister Rosie put this on her Facebook. She shared it and put it on her Facebook and said, welcome to New Philadelphia Church. This is my pastor. Come and join us, okay? But, you know, I, I just woke up and I was filled with all this joy. And so I was dancing and singing. I started running around the house. Ah, yeah, God! And then our neighbor came and yelled at us. She really did. Um, but there are times where shouts of joy are necessary. We have to just, uh, you know, show God all that's inside, it wells up inside, and we have the shout of joy. So that's the second kind of shout. Okay, third shout is a shout of praise. And it was awesome because we had some shouting of praise today, amen. This is in Ezra 3.11. And the purpose behind this is this is when they were building the walls of the temple. And so they had rebuilt the walls of the temple, and they had all gathered together with praise and thanksgiving. They're all excited, and all the young people, they were shouting with praise, really thanking God for the foundation of the house that was laid at the temple. Now, these people were all exiles, and they were coming back to their own land, and they were not used to these shouts of praise. But at this time, the Spirit of the Lord, boom, he came upon him, and their natural desire was just to shout unto the Lord. And just like them, we need to sh- learn to shout praise. 
And the last shout is a shout of victory. And this is, again, from our main passage today. When the people of Israel, they came outside of the walls of Jericho, there was a shout of victory. You know, and also when King Jehoshaphat was outnumbered and he went into battle, he also gave up and lifted up a mighty shout. And it was more than a shout of praise. It was a shout of victory. And he got victory that day. When Gideon ran down the hill with 300 men, probably feeling a little bit silly, he shouted like he already had that victory and that that victory was his. There's something called a shout of victory that is awesome. But do you know when the greatest shout of victory came from? If you guys can turn to Matthew 27. Uh, verse 50. I'll read from the ESV. And Jesus cried out again with a loud voice and yielded up his spirit. And behold, the curtain of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. And the earth shook and the rocks were split. The earth shook because Jesus lifted up a shout of victory at the cross. You know, we can shout for victory because Jesus has already won the victory for us. In Jesus, all things are possible. You know, we can lift up a shout of praise and joy because we know that nothing can separate us from the love of God. And we can shout for desperation in our greatest time of need and know that we will not be ignored or rejected. Why? Why is this? It's because Jesus went to the cross. And because he bled, he suffered, he died for us. And right before he died, he lifted up a shout. And after he shouted, he yielded up his spirit. The cross of Jesus. Now that's something to shout about. I don't care if nothing has happened, nothing's been good in your life, or the circumstances have been pretty crummy. There's always a reason to shout. And it's the cross of Jesus Christ and the resurrection of him. Okay, so let's just take this time and kind of respond to this message. And I, you know, I felt this really stirring in my spirit this week. Felt like because, especially in this year of increase, that we've been praying. I know many of you have been contending. For different things, whether it's in your life or with your family or with people around you, there's been just this contending and this relentlessness in your prayers. You know, even in my own life, there's times of frustration. And I just felt like this was just stirring in my spirit. Shout unto God. Give him a mighty shout. And I know, I'm not sure if many of you were here, but in July at the bar when we were gathered there together there was a time of corporate intercession where i just felt like the holy spirit come upon me in so much power and it kind of came up and i exhorted the crowd 
Now you have to shout unto the Lord and shout your victory, shout and understand. And then we all kind of got together and it said one, two, three. All shouted, and there's so much breakthrough that happened that day. There's so much that shifted in the spirit into our favor. And so, just as a response to this message and different Jerichos that you are facing in your life, we want to just take this time and we want to shout unto the Lord. And you know, although this is something that God's been stirring, I feel like this is a message, especially for the Seaside campus and for the house. Because, as you know, the prophetic word over the Seaside campus is that Seaside is the Jordan River, and as we come, as we cross the Jordan River, that God is going to take us into our promised land. And so, think about these things. Think about the different things in your life, and we're just going to take this time. We're just going to take this time to shout, whether it's a shout of desperation, whether it's a shout of praise or joy or victory. We're gonna come together as a corporate body. Are you ready? Shout out to the Lord! Ready? One, two, three! Oh!